The following is an encore presentation of Master Your Finances with plenty of new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Master Your Finances with certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker. So you want to know the ins and outs of managing your money. Well, lucky for you, you're just in time for another episode of Master Your Finances with certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker. Kurt and his panel of experts are here for you and will cover topics from a legal and personal standpoint. They'll discuss tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. Let's learn how we can better change our habits with Kurt Baker. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Master Your Finances presented by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. I am Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional located in Princeton, New Jersey. I can be reached through our website, which is www.cwmi.us. Or you can call me directly at 609-716-4700. This week, we're very pleased to welcome back Amanda Reese, who's been with Hayfitz and Associates since 2011. And she started with the Medicare department of the company. And since then, she's helped thousands of clients and grown the Medicare department to include five team members. Enthusiasm to educate her clients about Medicare and her patients to make sure her clients understand their options is what sets Amanda apart from most. She takes pride in being knowledgeable about all aspects of Medicare from signing up for Part A and B to deciding a Medicare supplemental or Advantage plan for her clients' needs at the best to do what to do for uh, pr the prescription part or part D and uh, how to handle the donut hole that oftentimes we talk about. Every step of the way, Amanda will help and make sure that they understand the decisions they're making and for themselves and for their family and to point them going ahead and to tweak the plans as they go along. I know, Amanda, I've worked with you a lot, so um, you, you're fantastic. I can agree with everything that we just said about you is uh, you're very caring and you're very careful about making sure that people select the right plans because for sometimes you know this is this is a big one like the first time you go in right you get there's no underwriting so sometimes people need to understand that that first transition into you know medicare and some of these supplementals and things like that uh you kind of pick and choose and if anything happens you know you might have trouble switching later on right so it's important to really pay attention to what you're doing right um absolutely wanna, absolutely yeah. so you want to give us a little bit of the basics about you know, when people start with, you know, because, you know, we hear about all the ABCD and all that good stuff. I know um, it can get a little bit confusing. Do you want to kind of just explain the basics of, you know, part A and B and when people start to have to think about signing up for the different uh, segments of the plan and how it all integrates and works together, what it all means? Of course. So the part A will start there with Social Security is where you sign up for part A. And that's going to be when you turn 65. Um, so no matter what, um, you've worked 40 quarters or 10 years um, here in the country, you will get Part A for nothing. So you're always going to sign up for that when you turn 65. The other part you get from the government is Part B as in boy. And this part, no matter how long you've worked, will actually cost you a monthly premium. Um, but this is also the part that depending on if you're working for a company that's over 20 employees, you may or may not have to get Part B when you first turn 65. So if someone decides to keep working and wants to stay on their employer plan, they can get Part A and waive Part B without penalty, as long as, again, that employer is over the 20 employees. And then once they do go to retire, we can help them get Part B back. Do you want to do you want to explain a little bit about you? Know, you mentioned the penalty in there because I know there's some uh, you know important dates and things you need to understand about you know how and when you sign up for those parts and how that might affect you if you just ignore it and don't sign up when you're supposed to. You want to explain that penalty and and how that you know when you're supposed to sign up and things like that. Of course. So signing up starts three months before your birthday month. So three months prior to you turning 65, you're going to want to reach out and have someone help you enroll in both A and B. Um, prior to your birthday and prior to you turning 65, you can do this right online. 
through the Social Security's website. So they make it kind of easy. We can go through it. it. takes about 10 minutes. And I can assist you in doing something like that. If for any reason you do not do it before your birthday, you also have three months after your birthday from turning 65. If for some reason then you do, you also do not complete it during that three months after your birthday period, there are penalties. So part A has a 10% penalty, but as long as you worked 40 quarters or 10 years, you will not have a penalty because your penalty will be based on the $0 premium. Mm -hmm. But part B, you have a 10% late enrollment penalty for every 12 month period that you don't sign up and you should have. So if you miss your initial three months before or three months after your 65th birthday, the only time you can sign up for part B would be between January 1st and March 31st. And then it does not go into effect until July of that same year. Yeah. So as you point out, it's pretty important to pay attention to those dates. So, um, and I know, you know, most people start wondering what to do then and that, and that's really where we kind of get involved, obviously, because it get, it can get very confusing and, and you don't want to make any mistakes. So essentially when you're coming up on your, you know, 65th birthday, you really want to just kind of check in. Um, I have people we talk, I talk to my clients, you know, anywhere from three to six months ahead of time, even before these windows open up, just so they kind of know what they need to do. And they kind of get their feet wet about, oh, okay, uh, now I kind of understand, yes, I'm going to keep working or no, I'm not going to keep working or I need to have coverage, things like that. So you can kind of at least understand what you're going to be doing and what dates you need to start to kind of pay attention to that, right? So, um, you know, that way it kind of reduces the stress level a little bit because people are, you know, they hear about all this stuff, but they don't really understand it until they have to kind of get involved like most things right agreed and i will also say a big um you know telltale sign that your 65th birthday might be coming up is they will absolutely get a ton of mail and a ton of soliciting phone calls um, everyone is going to try to show them their plans and want to talk to them to try to have them sign up for their carrier's plan so that usually will be a red flag that hey, don't ignore it, you know, call somebody, talk to me, let me help you through it. And then we can deal with it because you might not have to get it. But if right. we need to make sure that that's, you know, in fact, what you need to be done. Yeah, that that's very important. You're right. I've had, I've had a number of clients essentially complain to be like, I'm getting all this mail. <laughs> I don't really understand it. People are calling me up and, and, they're, and it sounds very confusing to me because as you point out, they're all coming from their own perspective. And I think a lot of those calls really have to do with the next part, I think we, I guess we should explain a little bit about, and that's the, uh, you know, the, the part C, I guess, or the, the supplemental or advantage plans that are out there. Um, we see ads on TV for this. Sometimes the employer might even have their own version of a plan that they can take, right? So that, that I think is where it gets, starts to get really confusing for people. So do you wanna kind of, let's, let's touch on that a little bit. Of what is that part and why are they getting so many calls and mailings and things like that, do you think? Sure. And I, I also get those those complaints from my clients as well, because we're all so used to, you know, working and being in the workforce most mm -hmm. of the time where your employer is giving you, you know, option A or you buy up to option B or vice versa. So you're now you can choose any plan on the market. So you're going to be bombarded with all these options. So the biggest, um, you know, thing you wanted to make a decision on is whether or not you want your Medicare as your primary. So if you are looking to have your Medicare stay as your primary insurance and pay your claims, then you will then enroll into what they call a Medicare supplemental plan. And this Medicare supplemental plan will cover the deductibles and the 20% coinsurance that part A and part B do not cover from the government. So you're going to show your red, white, and blue Medicare card, and then you will also show a carrier supplemental card, and that will give you that fuller coverage so that you don't have large bills, um, you know, for doctor's offices, hospital stays, et cetera. The other way you can also be covered is if your Medicare is not primary. So you can choose a carrier. It's called a plan, a Part C or an Advantage plan. They, they are the same thing. And they will then now take over as your primary insurance. So mm -hmm. 
So whatever carrier advantage plan you choose, Medicare A and B now pays that carrier to have you as a client. That carrier now has the say-so of what doctors, what hospitals that you can go to, and what copays are allocated to each service that you get done. So it's just a little bit different way to be covered, but is definitely one of the biggest decisions they, a client would have to make before we can proceed with you know, other options and actual carriers and pricing and things like that. Right. No, I, and I agree. I know that's, that's part of the, what, what happens, right? So they've got to really kind of decide what direction they're going to go in. So as you point out, either Medicare can be the primary or you can have an advantage plan. And then that's part, and they work very differently, right? As far as how an advantage plan works and a supplemental plan works, right? So you want to touch just a little bit what the difference is between sure. the two, and then we'll go into a little more depth after the break uh, here in a few minutes. Sure. The supplemental plans, Medicare being your primary, you can go to any hospital and any doctor in the country that accepts Medicare. You don't need referrals. There's no authorization for, you know, any type of testing or anything like that. With an Advantage plan, again, those plans could be an HMO or even a PPO. So there could be out-of-network benefits, but there is some type of network that you have to follow. So within that network, every time you go and get something done from maybe like a specialist or need a surgery, there's going to be allocated copays that you're going to be paying for each of those items. No, that's great. Yeah. So we'll get into a little more detail about, you know, how this all works. And then we'll get into what part D is. We come back for the break in a few minutes. You're listening to Master Your Finances. We'll be right back. The following is an encore presentation of Master Your Finances. With plenty of new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Master Your Finances with certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker. This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker here with Amanda Reese with Hayfitz & Associates. And we're talking about kind of the basics of Medicare at this point. And you've gone through, you know, Part A, which uh, you automatically get right when you're 65. And then you have to sign up for Part B um, either at that time or when, you know, you have to make those decisions, essentially. Right. You're going to stay on your employer's plan. Um, but Part B, you pay for Part A is essentially already paid for because you're um, you get that as a benefit. Right. So you paid into it all those years and now you don't pay any kind of premium where Part B you do. Um, and then we were talking about right before the break, um, the advantage plans and supplementals too. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the detail about how those work and, and what when somebody might choose one over the other and what kind of a decision-making process they kind of go through? Since that seems to be one of the bigger things that people talk about, you know, when they get to the, when they're switching from their employer's plan over to, you know, the Medicare system, so to speak, right? Absolutely. And just to make a note, um, you know, a lot of people think that Medicare is going to be signed up for them automatically, but if they are not already collecting Social Security before they turn 65, they physically need to sign up for both A and B. So that's just a very important thing to note that it is not automatic unless they are already collecting Social Security benefits. So if you are about to turn 65 or have turned 65 and you didn't do anything, definitely reach out as well because we can then try to see if we can fix that for them. Um, the biggest thing, again, between supplemental and advantage, and sometimes there's also, you know, another wrench kind of thrown in there where um, an employer might have a retiree plan mm -hmm. that kind of throws into the mix of the decision. But again, Medicare supplementals, they offer, they are a little, they're a higher premium plan. So your Medicare's primary, you have the supplemental, but there's plans on the market where, you know, if someone has like a plan G as in George, 
they only pay the Part B deductible, which is $198 a year, and then everything else is covered. Mm -hmm. So they can go to the doctors, have surgery, be in the hospital, anything medical that they need done, they're not incurring any other co-pays or charges other than that monthly premium. With the Advantage plan, um, you know, there is a lower premium per month. There are even plans that are for zero dollars. So you pay nothing additional for the Advantage plan. But every time you go to the doctors, you have a copay. Every time you need surgery, you pay a copay. If you go into the hospital, there's a per day charge for every day you're there. So with the Advantage plans, although each month you're not putting out money, if there is a time where you start to incur a lot of medical issues, it could get more expensive. The other thing I just want to note too is with Medicare Supplemental, the first time you turn 65, you can choose any plan with any carrier on the market. After you have Medicare Part B for six months, to switch those plans, you would go through underwriting, which would involve some health questions and a look back depending on your health for the last few years. They can increase what they think you should be paying per month, or the, some carriers will flat out deny you depending on you know, what your health history is. You can always move from a supplemental to an Advantage plan. Moving from an Advantage plan to the supplemental, you will have that same underwriting to go through. So it is just something to be mindful because if you are in one of those Advantage plans and then you do start you know, having some of these medical issues come up, you might not be able to get out of that type of plan where your co-pays start, you know, building up where you're paying a couple hundred dollars a month, maybe more than what it would cost for you just to be on the supplement. Yeah, I agree. And that's where some of this planning comes in. Um, and I know um, one of the things we talk about, of course, with the Advantage plans is, as you pointed out, it is, they do select like the group, right, that they're in, right? It's sort of like similar to an HMO where they're going to tell you which doctors and hospitals and things like that you can go to. And I know absolutely at least where I am, when you do that search, um, the, the, it's, it's limited. It's very limited on where, uh, on your choices um, as far as the advantage plans that I've looked at be. So you have to be very cautious about just automatically saying, oh, well, this is going to be cheaper. And, but your, your hospital may be no may not be close to you, or the doctor selection may not be somebody that you, that you're, that's in your personal list of people that you want to use. So you have to look at the providers as well, right? When you start talking about that. Um, Correct. And a big thing too is, you know, think about it. If something were to come up and happen, do you want to go to the best doctor in the country that you can find? Or do you want to go to the best doctor that that plan says you can go to? Because if they're not in the network, and you don't have a full PPO that gives you, you know, co-pays, some might do it at like a percentage mm -hmm. um, coverage, but it's going to be totally out of your pocket if they're not in network. So now you're paying out of the pocket per office visit, you know, hopefully you would never need surgery by that doctor because, you know, they can charge thousands of dollars for that type of thing. And, and another, another conversation that we have is, is it, is, is how are you, how are, how are you going to, manage your retirement in other words where are you going to be staying home all the time and staying in new jersey or do you have a second home down in north carolina or florida where you might be traveling around and there and that does affect your plan selection right as far as which one you might want to choose do you want to explain absolutely. how that makes a difference absolutely yes so with a supplement plan medicare is your primary again so this allows you to go to any hospital and any doctor in the country that accepts medicare so you can have a set of doctors here in New Jersey. You could have a set of doctors in your part-time home in Georgia. And it doesn't matter. Your Medicare will pay both places. And you will only have, you know, those limited out-of-pocket co-pays depending on what plan you choose. With the Advantage plans, um, there are some plans, again, that are PPO-based. So with HMO policies, the only out-of-network coverage you have are true emergency room visits. 
Other than that, if you do have a PPO, um, there are some carriers that have multiple networks within different states, but you would have to call ahead, let them know that you're going to that state, open up the network there. You would have to do a little bit of research to make sure you know what doctors in the area work with that plan. And then once you come back to New Jersey, you have to call again to close the network and open it back up here in New Jersey so that they can start using their doctors here again. So it's just a little bit more work. And New Jersey does not have many of those types of plans here in this state. Um, there are other states throughout the country that have better advantage plans, I guess you can say, with more coverage or easier to access coverage might be the correct wording. But here in New Jersey, we are very much a supplemental state. Um, for some reason, and maybe you can shed some light, but whenever something, you know, really goes wrong medically, we tend to want to go over the border to Philly or New York to get a second opinion. So with that being said, the Medicare supplement, having your Medicare as your primary insurance, you know, is, is an important decision. And just to like ease people's minds, um, you know, a, a plan G where you would only pay the, you know, 198 for the entire year and then everything else is covered at 100% is about like 170 a month mm -hmm. for, you know, a, you know, a 65 to 70 year old. So it's not like it's a couple hundred dollars. It, it is pretty inexpensive, especially mm -hmm. compared to those individual policies that some people might be on as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and honestly, I mean, we do we always do the analysis, of course, but when you start adding in their preferred, you know, locations to go, I mean, as an example, you might want to go to Penn Medicine in Philadelphia, you might want to go to New York City. And if you live in New Jersey, you know, geographically, that's pretty close. But when you start talking about your plan designation, it may not fit into the, the advantage plans. And that's oftentimes what we see is that they're going to have to, if they really need a specialist, when you have the supplemental plan, you just open up a lot more options, especially when you're dealing with, you know, the tri-state area and, um, you know, you can easily travel there um, and use those facilities as far as you getting there. But so you want to make sure that your medical coverage also permits you to go there as well. So that, I mean, that's what we seem to see happening to most people. And because these, these, these companies keep buying each other up too, as we know, and, you know, we, we're ending up with larger and larger conglomerates. So you want to be able to, access all those facilities within those large uh, hospital organizations, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting. So, so we've gone through all of those and I, and um, uh, you want to touch briefly on what happens because um, this comes up too. We have a lot of people that retire and then they travel. Um, how does that fit into um, Medicare? What, what do they cover? And, and not, I know I always advise people to get travel insurance when they go outside of the country um, so you want to explain briefly how all that works um, before the break? Sure. Yeah. So Advantage plans, again, outside of the area, they're really just going to have emergency room coverage only. Um, the supplemental plans will have out-of-country coverage for you. So if you do go out of the country or you do are, are traveling a little bit, I do also suggest, you know, depending on the type of trip, Traveler's insurance is probably a lot better and safer way to go. Um, but maybe if you're just sitting on the beach in a resort and you don't really, you know, not doing anything and just going to relax, you can you can rely on the Medicare supplemental traveler's insurance. So how it works is there's a $250 copay for every emergency. And then they pay up to 80% of a $50,000 lifetime max. So when you are there, you are paying out of pocket. And then what you're doing is bringing back all the receipts, even if they're in a different language, it's mm -hmm. totally fine. So all the receipts for the visit, all the receipts for any medications that they're getting, and then we submit them to the supplemental plan. And at that point, the supplemental plan will cut a check for you know the 80% of what bills were sent in. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's always good to have multiple layers of protection, right? So even if you like, make that trip uh, and you forget, hey, oh, I forgot to get the travel's insurance, at least by default, by having, you know, a good supplemental coverage, you're going to have something in place. Um, and I know another area that when I hear people, like, if they get injured overseas, 
And the reason I, I kind of like the travelers um, insurance is because a lot of them will help you get back to the United States, which tends to be the Correct. big struggle. Because if you really, you, you may not want to use a doctor in that, that particular country, you want to get back to the U.S. to use who you want to use. And that tends, that could be a very large expense if you're not covered, right? Correct. Absolutely. And there's yeah. some countries where, you know, you check in for, you know, a hospital visit. And the first thing they do is ask for a credit card. Oh. And they don't let you leave until you pay because I've I've had it happen to clients. Well, yeah. So it's something that to be very mindful of. And and as I talk to clients too, it's a different vacation if you're maybe traveling to Europe for a right. couple of weeks and you're you're walking around and you're doing a lot of excursions and things like that compared to maybe just going and sitting on a beach somewhere and not leaving the resort and doing a very low key. Right. vacation so everyone has their own you know comfort level of what they like to do but definitely for that european vacation where you're going to be out and about daily walking around mm -hmm. absolutely something that i would consider to have travelers insurance especially so they would fly you yeah. home and, and by the way it's it's very inexpensive when you start adding it into your actual trip bill so um yeah you will we'll uh we're going to talk about i guess part d or the prescription when we come back you're listening to master your finances we'll be right back The following is an encore presentation of Master Your Finances. With plenty of new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Master Your Finances with certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker. This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker here with Amanda Reese of Hayes Fitz & Associates. And we've been talking about Medicare. We went through part A, B, and the advantage and supplemental plans or part C. And the last part that people talk about, which is kind of important, is part D or the prescription. So how does that fit into all this? And how do people properly manage part D in your view, Amanda? Absolutely. So part D is a huge part. Um, Medicare A and B are medical-based. The Part D plan is if you have Medicare and your supplement plan, you're going to choose a standalone prescription plan to round out your coverage because the Medicare and the supplement are only going to cover the medical. So you have to purchase a prescription drug plan. The government is not going to be giving you any type of prescription coverage unless you buy this type of plan. Mm -hmm. The Advantage plans also can have this Part D plan attached to their medical as one policy. So it's a full policy of medical and the prescription wrapped into one. So with the Advantage plan, you only kind of use one card, whereas with the supplemental, you have your Medicare card, your supplemental and prescription card that you carry with you. The biggest thing about the Part Ds, um, they all follow this same outline of how they work. So these prescription plans, they start and may or may not have a deductible. So all depending on the plan that you're choosing, there could be a deductible you would have to pay in the beginning of the year. So that's you pay the full price until you reach a certain amount. And then you have co-pays after that. So once the deductible is met, you pay, you know, specific co-pays. Then there's what they call the donut hole that comes into play. And a lot of people think of donuts and it's great, but this is not so fun. So <laughs> what happens is if you happen to be taking any brand name medications that are very high cost, not your co-pays that you're paying, but the, the cost of that actual drug with the company plan, if it reaches a certain level, of about $4,000 this year. Then instead of paying a set copay, so maybe your copay is like 40, $45 a month. 
Mm-hmm. Now they're going to move you to a 25% copay. So if that specific medication was maybe, I don't know, we'll just say $500, your $45 copay is now going to jump up to $125 for the same one month supply of medications. So a big part about what you know we do with Medicare is we talk to clients prior to even enrolling in this type of plan. You know, let's talk about what medications you're taking. Let's talk about, you know, what pharmacy you like to go to and how much of every medication do you get a year? Because there are some people who have maybe like a cream or an inhaler that they might only get once or twice a year that could be a little bit more expensive. So some people don't ever reach the dental hole. So there's nothing to worry about. If you're taking very low cost generics, you know, you're not even getting close to that donut hole. Um, But unfortunately, I do have some clients who, you know, after like two or three months are already in that donut hole. And and they do have a lot of -of out-of-pocket for the year based on those more expensive medications. So it is something that you can plan ahead for. Um, I always tell clients if, you know, they call me like nine and even 12 months in advance to turning 65, we still do this comparison for them because it's something that they can have a conversation with their doctor and start talking about, you know, what medications you're on. Have you tried the generic form? You know, if not, is there another medication out there that might do the same thing for you that we can use to help lower your cost? Yeah, that's very important. I know you have the, the initial one, right? But the, the interesting part about Part D, right, is you, you do an analysis as you go along, right? It's, it's if once you're into Part D during... Correct. So the prescription plans are calendar year. So this deductible that comes into play, say you turn 65 in September, your deductible for 2020 for this year will be from September to December. And then in January, everyone starts all over again. So every calendar year, we're going to, well, I say we, because that's what I do with my clients. But um, with my clients every year, I do look into their medication plans, you know, what medications have changed, you know, what, you know, maybe they're taking more of something, or maybe they dropped a medication that can affect what plan might be, you know, lowest overall cost, because we take into consideration, not only if you're If you have a standalone plan, there's like a premium per month. So that premium per month, but also how much you're paying in copays, because every company may charge a different copay for that same medication, because it might be in a different tier, or they may charge more or less. So that kind kind of stuff actually changes every calendar year. So it's super important that people, especially with the standalone prescription plans, are looking at changing their prescription plan every year. Because some plans, um, as per last calendar year, we had a bunch of changes. And there was a plan that was $24 and jumped up to like $58 a month. Hmm. So if a client did not change their plan, their plan automatically rolled over and automatically renewed for them, which is great. But now they're paying over double the price that they were the year before. And you're locked in for that full calendar year. And that's really important. I think you're bringing up um, something I want to make sure I clarify for people, because sometimes they think when they go into getting these supplement, when they make this major decision, when they turn 65 or or whenever they move into the, you know, or when they, they, they stop with their employer plan, and they go out and they start choosing whether to do a supplemental or an advantage plan. And this is really how we kind of met is I had clients coming to me, needing me help, needing the help. And then we partnered together because I wanted to make sure they were getting the right plan. Um, so I just want you to explain to them why it's it, there's no additional cost to this. And also what you get is you get your advisor involved in this decision. And then we can actually help you directly when you start having these questions because if you go and, and just take one of these phone calls from a, you know, a, a you know, a, a call from a solicitor on the phone, you're not going to have a designated rep, so to speak, for the rest of your retirement years. Uh, whereas if you go through um, a brokerage firm like we're working with, 
you're going to have a, a nice group of people who are going to know who you are and can help you out. And there's no difference in the cost because it's all the same cost, regardless of how you get it. Right. So. Absolutely. It's, it costs nothing more for the client to talk to someone like me and just get my opinion on what they think. Mm -hmm. um, it's completely free. The supplemental prescription advantage prices are the same if they went directly to the carriers as if they go through me. Mm -hmm. So the carriers already embed any commissions and they're the ones that are paying us, not the clients. Right. And it's not something where I help you sign up and then kind of send you on your way. I'm a part of your journey. So I am here for yearly reviews. I even tell my clients, if you lose your wallet or, you know, have a misplaced ID card, you know, I can help you order ID cards. I can help you if you get a bill that you don't think you owe to look into it and, you know, clear that up for you. So it's something that we be, have a relationship with, not only when you start, but going forward. And I can tell you, I have clients from when I started in 2011 and I still talk to them every year and we have a great relationship because after a while, you know, now we talk about grandkids and all the fun <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's really important in my particular view. And you know, that's, that's how I started getting involved because I, I felt this was really important and I saw people making mistakes um, and they were just automatically signing up for something and regretting it later not realizing that there were other options out there, like they might automatically roll into their employer's plan, not realizing that there were other options that might actually be better in their case. The employer plan might've been fine. Um, but a lot of the employers are really trying to offload this long-term cost of retiree medical costs, right? So they're, they are setting up these plans, which kind of alleviate them of that long-term uh, potential liability, right? So a lot more, even your large employers, are rolling into these types of plans where maybe 20 or 30 years ago, that was not the case. They would keep you on their plan throughout retirement, right? Absolutely. And the biggest part is too, is they can also just give it for a few years. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot more clients saying, well, we're covered for the next five years and then we kind of get kicked off. So it, they kind of, you know, have like a retiree plan, but it, there's an end date. Right. So one of the biggest things clients should realize is that, you know, depending on your circumstance, some of these mistakes can cost you. So knowing everything ahead of time so that they can make the best decision for themselves is exactly what they need to do. Because I wouldn't want to see someone who has a lot of medical issues go into an advantage plan and start incurring a lot of bills that, that could, you know, bankrupt them or, or definitely put a dent in their savings or retirement because they didn't realize that they maybe could have a supplement plan that kind of, you know, stops those, those coverages from coming and, and kind of has more coverage that way. So it is absolutely something that, you know, knowing every aspect or every choice that they potentially could have is a huge advantage for them for making this decision. I agree a hundred percent. So uh, I appreciate everything you do and I, I love working with you. So we're going to, we're going to come out of break. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that have been going on the last few months. Now that we've been affected by COVID-19 um, you're listening to master your finances. We'll be right back. The following is an encore presentation of Master Your Finances. With plenty of new shows to come. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Now, here's a replay of Master Your Finances with certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker. This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker with a Certified Financial Planner Professional here with Amanda Reese with Hayfetz & Associates. Um, and I have to say you're fantastic. I appreciate all you've done to help, uh, the clients that I have, and we've, uh, helped them kind of transition to retirement and help them with their, uh, Medicare choices, especially the supplemental or whether to take advantage plan or whether to take 
um, the employer plans and things like that and do a full analysis, including what the best drug program is for them and then to help to monitor that throughout retirement and make sure they made a good choice up front and keep that going. Uh, I know now we've had a little bit of a disruption. So how has COVID-19 affected signing up for the plans and, and how people process uh, getting on Medicare and things like that? What have you noticed in the last few months and how have you made adjustments to that? Sure. So unfortunately, we've had a surge of, you know, people sign, wanting to sign up for Medicare, whether, you know, they unfortunately lost their jobs or are choosing to retire. And the biggest thing with COVID was, is that all the social security offices closed. So normally you would have forms that you need to get filled out and then you take them physically down to the office. So that could no longer happen. So in about a week, the government became almost paperless. So what they do is there's some, there's a few options. We have had great success with people mailing things in if they would like to mail them in. Um, the only thing we always tell them is send it certified so you have some type of tracking yeah. and just so you can make sure it was delivered. But you're, they're just gonna send those papers right to the local office. The Social Security also came out with a fax number. So now I can help my clients. We can get paperwork back from their HR and themselves, and we can fax it in. So that happens a little bit quicker. And just last week, Social Security opened up a portal on their website, and it now allows people to sign up electronically. And the only thing you need is proof that your company plan is ending. So it's a great resource. They're doing things where people will get responses within two and three weeks, which is awesome. So we can get your Part B up and running. Um, the only caveat is, is that you need to have your paperwork either postmarked or sent in before you want that effective date to happen. So for example, say you were looking for an August 1st effective, effective date, as long as you send in the paperwork anytime before July 31st, then you will get that August 1st effective date. Um, Social Security offices, they do have people there, um, managers that are grabbing these packages being mailed. They do let them sit for three days, and then they open them and send them remotely to be processed. So we have been able to get a ton of people help during this time, but it is different. So we are so used to being able to just go down to the office, ask all the questions, get forms if you need them, then go get them filled out and bring them back. And that just has changed a little bit. We need to get the forms offline and then mail, fax, or even just go online and fill those forms out and submit them to the government to start this whole process. Well, that's really fascinating. So do you envision, even when this uh, current phase of uh, lockdown, so to speak, is up, do you think they'll continue to use those? Have they indicated whether or not they plan on leaving that open? It sounds like they've increased no, some efficiencies. Yeah. I, I agree with you. For, um, I hope that they don't take these resources away because it is something that, you know, God forbid someone was let go yesterday. Mm -hmm. And they needed insurance for today, for July 1st. And mm -hmm. yesterday, I could have helped them go online, fill these documents out through their portal, submit them, and they would lock in being able to have coverage for today. So I, I'm hoping and crossing my fingers that they do keep this um, type of, you know, portal and the fax numbers and things up and running once you know, COVID does clear up, hopefully. Also, fingers crossed for that. Sure, absolutely. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> so it, it, it's definitely more efficient. It's definitely more helpful for the clients. Um, it just does take a little bit more technology. But they, but again, like I have been able to help clients email documents to HR, get those documents back, help them fax things in to get things rolling. So we've been able to kind of jump over all the hurdles that have been in front of us to help everyone. Well, I guess that's one of the benefits of this whole crisis is it sounds like a lot of companies are becoming more efficient, including the government in this case. So, you know, a lot of it's been kind of forced into it. And it sounds like the government responded in a, a pretty good way. So hopefully they keep that on board and keep going with that. I know another thing I want to make sure we touch on is that once you get set up on these plans, I know uh, 
the company plans will often have things like um, dental and vision and things like that. Um, you want to explain about what those options might be once you're on, you know, the Medicare system and the supplemental and or advantage, whatever the case may be. How do they get those types of coverage uh, later on in life? Absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so most people come from these employer plans. They have dental, vision, even maybe like some type of cancer policy. And what we do is we also, also offer those types of plans as well. So there are, you know, some of the supplemental plans have discounts built into the carriers. Some of the advantage plans will give you reimbursements. So say they give you maybe $200 towards cleanings as a reimbursement every year. Um, but what we also have are full-fledged dental plans, you know, coverage from day one. No, there are no waiting periods for some of our options because I know when people are looking for dental, it's usually because they need something done rather quickly. Mm -hmm. So that is a huge thing that um, I do agree with. We do have some good carriers with dental. I will be honest, Delta Dental is one of the carriers that we use the most. Um, not only can you see dentists here in New Jersey, but if you're traveling, as long as that dentist in that state accepts Delta Dental as well, you can use it. So if you have maybe like a tooth emergency and you're in your you know, home in Georgia, per se, then you can still go to a dentist down there. There's not going to be any type of lack of coverage. Um, Medicare is going to cover your eye visit, which is great. Um, but frames and lenses, that's still on you and up to you. So there are policies out there that are very minimal per year that will give you the coverage to be able to get those new frames and lenses every year, especially if, you know, you like the no line bifocals and the scratch resistant, and now they have the blue light lenses and things like that, because each one of those items costs a little bit more every time. So with those separate plans, you get those extra discounts and percentages off when all those things add up. And then a big thing we also use is like a cancer type of policy. And this is just coverage. Um, unfortunately, cancer has become quite, you know, um, not something that's out of the norm for someone maybe to have. And these cancer policies will give you a lump sum of money if in fact you are diagnosed. So it can help with travel. Um, so if you need money to go and travel and maybe get treatments and maybe you can't travel home after a treatment, so you need to stay in a hotel one night or you need to help supplement income if a loved one or a relative is going to be taking off from their work and their employment and wanting to help you. So this is a way that we do that. And, and most um, employers actually offer these types of plans. So they might be used to something like that, and then they don't have to give that up once they do stop working. Well, those are all great. Another, another thing I hear you know, clients talk about a little bit, maybe you can explain how these work, is these, um, like the good RX card, like uh, they may not mm -hmm. use a prescription plan or they may use it in conjunction with it. Um, are you familiar with those and how those work, basically? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So good RX is always a great option. So I even try to get my clients to download the good RX app on their phone. So this mm -hmm. way it's always with them. Even if they use a prescription coverage with their Part D prescription drug plan with Medicare, even if they have that, if they can get a coupon that lets them pay less for a certain medication, I always tell them, absolutely go for it. Why pay more if you don't have to? Mm -hmm. Also, if you're putting medications through the GoodRx program, which is just like a discount program. So just so everyone knows, it does not cover the penalty if you don't have a prescription drug plan. So it's just a discount plan you use it in conjunction with, but for whatever reason, you can get a medication for cheaper, then it also doesn't go towards that bank of money to push you into the donut hole. So it can also save you not only on that medication, but paying higher premiums or copays on other medications as well throughout the year. Oh, so you can blend the two together to, to stop you from hitting the donut hole potentially. Yes, right? absolutely. Use, some, use it in one place and use it this. So you, so even if they're similar costs, you may decide to use the good RX instead of your plan. If you think another medication might be better handled by your part D, right? 
Correct. And it yeah. will stop you maybe from getting to the donut hole and then having to pay instead of that $45 copay, you know, it jumps to a 25% copay, which could be a lot more. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. You covered an awful lot. Any, any final words of wisdom before we sign off? I know it's very complicated. I guess the bottom line from my perspective is, you know, have an advisor involved in this and help you out. You need somebody to kind of guide you through all this because it can be complicated and um, it's important to kind of do it right because there's a lot at stake in my view. Correct. My biggest thing is for people, especially, you know, if they're so confused and they're overwhelmed and they're kind of putting it off is to just call somebody. Right. Let me be able to help you to help explain all your different options. Let me talk to you, see what your lifestyle is like, see what's important to you in regards to insurance and be able to help you find a plan that works best for how you like to be covered and also your budget, because both of those things do matter. Right. And we go over everything and there's no additional cost. People always ask me before I start talking to them, how much it's going to cost for my you know, knowledge and expertise. And there, it's nothing. You can get this right for free. All you have to do is give me a call. So I just, I love being able to help people. It is a big part of my job, um, which I'm very fortunate to be able to have. And I just love to be able to help people find the plan because there's so much misinformation out there. Right. So get the right information, get all your options as well. And then this way they can make the best decision going forward. Absolutely, man. And, and I appreciate it very much. Um, you've been listening to Master Your Finances. I am Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. You can uh, listen to this podcast as well as all the podcasts by going to masteryourfinances.us. Remember, together we can master your finances so you can enjoy financial peace of mind. That was this week's episode of Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. to expand your knowledge in building and managing your wealth. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. Only on 1077 The Bronx.